Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for downloading Sporgy for free on iTunes or from ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate Sporgy five stars on iTunes and help to tell others about Sporgy by leaving a comment. Thank you for following Sporgy on Twitter at Sporgy Podcast and on Instagram at Sporgy underscore podcast. Please follow Sporgy on Facebook to like and share Sporgy. You can also email the show. The address is Sporgy at ChristopherMedia.net. If you would like to donate to Sporgy, you can click on the PayPal button at ChristopherMedia.net. If you use Amazon.com, please click and bookmark the Amazon link at ChristopherMedia.net. It will not cost you any extra money, and you will help to support Sporgy. If you are looking to launch your own website, please click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Christopher Media uses HostGator to host all of the shows produced by the Christopher Media Network. When you click through the HostGator banner at ChristopherMedia.net and sign up for HostGator, you're helping to support Sporgy. We know that choosing the perfect gift for a man is a difficult task, but not anymore. TheBroBasket.com is here to help. We all know men are hard to shop for, but what do guys actually like? Their favorite alcohol, that's what. It could be craft beer, wine, whiskey, scotch, or tequila. TheBroBasket.com will put it in a gift basket full of their favorite gear and goodies. You can customize your own BroBasket or choose from a variety of different BroBaskets, like the Ultimate Import Sampler, the Jack and Coke gift set, or the Junior Executive gift basket. Boozeless, but still cool, BroBaskets are also available. TheBroBasket.com gives you many shipping options to choose from, including rush delivery and Saturdays. 21 and over, please. State and local laws apply. Beer, wine, and liquor are not available for shipping in all states. You can help to support Christopher Media by clicking through the BroBasket.com banner at ChristopherMedia.net. Men used to be hard to shop for. TheBroBasket.com Welcome to Sporty, the show that gives you half-ass sports fans giving their half-ass opinions. And now, here are your hosts. Welcome to Sporty, everybody. My name is Chris. I'm Rich. I'm the Iceman. It is number 54. Who is number 54, gentlemen? My favorite lion of all frickin' time. Chris, Chris Bielman. Yes, sir. I was going to ask you all of them. No, 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 no. Mr. Hammer himself. Motherfucker hits you so hard he breaks his own neck. You know, I will say, you know, it seems like Chris Spielman kind of broke the mold. You don't see too many athletes like him anymore as far as, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Something that's been lost the last few years. Oh, yeah, decorum. You know, uh, just actually being, you know, um, making an effort to be likable. You know, being polite to the media. Things like that. And then gets on A lot the of young bucks could learn something from Chris Spielman. Him. What's that? Then he gets on the field, and there's nothing polite about him. <laughs> oh, yeah. He let, he let his playing do all of his shit-talking for him, something a lot of people don't do anymore. So, uh, we're one week out of the NBA season being over, and apparently still shit going down, I guess, in Cleveland. You guys are more versed on this than me. Like I know, I know what my phone's been doling out to me the last few days, but apparently there's already... They lose the championship, and already shit's going down in Cleveland. Well, this is <clears throat> this is fallout from not losing the championship, but also uh, Dan Gilbert hasn't had a GM who's been there for more than three years, I don't think, since he bought the Cavs. So I don't know, but <clears throat> yeah, I can't. I don't. I can't remember the the Cavs GM's name, but uh, he got the boot apparently last night. Uh, we're recording this on Tuesday, so. 
I heard this Monday night. Um, big story. I mean, there's there's two parts to the, it's a two headed monster here. Uh, head number one is apparently LeBron wasn't even consulted on this. Oh, no. so so that puts his future in whatever in limbo. I mean, if they don't bring in someone that he likes and the moves don't get made that he likes, he can walk after next season. I mean, that's that was. That was part of, you know, the big talk about when he signed the contract with Cleveland anyways. Um, And the second thing is, apparently Cleveland wants Chauncey Billups, who has a pretty strong connection to, well, I mean, a real strong connection to us here in Detroit. Um, We know Chauncey. We know the type of person he is, type of leader he was with the Pistons. And apparently they're interested in him to be the GM, and he's interested in the job. So... Oh, what, this, this TV gig ain't going well? He's a TV star now. Yeah, but... but I'm guessing the GM for a team probably pays better than an anchor during the NBA Finals, so... I'd, I'd imagine so, and Chauncey never struck me as the type of guy who, if he was a GM, would be throwing darts at a dartboard while blindfolded to make decisions. He seems like a pretty pretty cerebral guy who thinks think shit through, taking into consideration everything, Weigh the pros and cons and make decisions. So, honestly, hey, you can't do, you can't do that from sitting behind a TV desk. I, I agree with you there, but I got a, I got a two word rebuttal for you, Isaiah Thomas. <laughs> he seemed so together, so nice, you know. So uh, when he was with the Pistons, I mean, and we all know what the fuck happened when he went to ro- work in the front office at the Knicks or in any front office really. But uh, I'd like to give Chauncey a little bit more credit than that, I suppose. Uh, let me ask you guys this. I know you guys that the the report said that LeBron wasn't consulted, but what if he was? Because he's been yelling he needs help since midseason last year. And if his GM didn't get him his uh, mellow that he wanted and all the help that he wanted and needed, well, that's why he lost the championship. So obviously the GM's out. And they don't want LeBron leaving Cleveland again, so they're going to get him some help. I don't know. I, I, I don't think LeBron's future in Cleveland is as questionable as everybody thinks now. But That's I will pose I to you the question a lot of people posed last week after the NBA Finals. Who? Who do you bring there? Oh, dude. That, that's that's what I was the- talking about last week, though. You, you got Carmelo Anthony, uh, PG-13, uh, Paul George is his name. Uh you, you can be. You can bring so many people there. You got the draft coming up. Uh, Josh I, I Jackson, if they re, if they draft him, uh, I still Lonzo, see them adding the anyone him. that com- makes them compare to the Lakers or the Lakers, the Warriors. I mean, unless unless you uh, or they saying Kawhi Leonard, but that's like a pipe dream. I mean, that that was pretty much the the player everyone was in agreement with. Like you add that player to Cleveland, maybe they could touch Golden State, but eh, I don't know, man. Golden State has five All-Stars. Yes. And four f- future uh, first ballot Hall of Famers. At least three of them. But remember, five, but you got to remember, four or five of those superstars weren't superstars three years ago. You know, the championships made them superstars. That was just, you know, the, we're back, back straight up drafting. That's how Golden State got the team they got. So, Yeah, but I also think... Right, but it, as it also, turns out, in the luck of the draw... They are all stars. I also think them going after Chauncey is is 
covering their ass both ways. If Chauncey comes in and makes moves and they win a championship and LeBron agrees with the moves, that's a win. That's a win for the Cavs. It's a win for the owner. That's a win for the fucking city. It's a win for LeBron. If LeBron leaves, they're sitting there with a, and I mean, amongst his peers, especially in basketball, I don't think in basketball people would be singing Chauncey's praises and say that they believe he's going to make a great GM if they didn't believe it. I think they most likely bite their tongue, or you'd get the Charles Barkley type say, go, he's a fucking idiot. Anyone that hires him is even dumber than he is. And the fact that it's pretty much universal in former players and current players and the talking heads who follow basketball on a day-to-day basis, that unless he pulls a a, a fuck-up of (laughs) Isaiah Thomas levels, then he's pretty much a slam dunk as far as a solid GM. And to me, it's, that's that's Cleveland hoping for the best and preparing for the worst. Because at this point, you have no guarantee LeBron's there after next season. And when you go into the last year of a contract and you can't, you haven't even begun to talk negotiations and the player you want to negotiate with is talking about how he needed help the entire season. You have to run on the assumption that he's not going to be there when his contract's up. And you have to start dealing as if that is a reality and a fact. And if it changes, it's easier to adapt from he's going to go and we need to prepare ourselves for that to, oh, we have him for another three, four years. That's easier to adapt to than assuming he's going to come back and then sitting there with your dick in the wind a year from now when he walks. You know, he's being awfully presumptuous of the people of Cleveland that he'll be forgiven a third time. I mean, at this point, he's kind of treated Cleveland kind of like a hooker. Like a usual one, a need you for, and then I'm out. I mean, how many, how many times does he think his hometown's going to forgive him for bailing on him? Well, I mean, I get the one time. I don't, I don't understand where you say a second time. This, to me, this would be well, a second time. Well, yeah, if he bails on him a second time. So I'm saying that, Coming to Cleveland a third time, I'm saying, do do you think we'll be that forgiving if he tries to pull the, you know, he goes somewhere else and then tries to pull the I'm a retire as a Cav routine? I think if he goes someplace else, he's he's going to not come back to the Cavs unless it's one of those bullshit. We sign him for a one day contract so he can retire with his hometown team. But that, with what, those with type Iverson, yeah, those type of contracts come around because you faded into obscurity, trying to hold on to a career that you should have just let go of. If that happens to LeBron, that's going to happen so far down the road, it's going to be a fucking afterthought when that comes up. Hey, it's going to be an asterisk. Here's a thought for you. We're talking about how the Cavs need to build up and who needs to become the super team to beat the Warriors. A lot of the Warriors' contracts are up. Steph Curry's rookie those- contract is coming up. I- Iguodala's contract is up. He could leave, and he's an all-star. So, I mean... Theoretically, who does Cleveland need? Well, what if they get, you know, Iguodala? If, they, if, if players from that team start to walk, they're going to go from being a small fish in a big pond who's constantly avoiding the, the fisherman's hook to the big fish in a small pond who's constantly getting fish hooks on their fucking lips. The sum of, the, yeah. part, the sum of those parts are not greater than the whole when, we're, when they're put together. And in any... any any ego on any of those players that says I can walk and go win championships without the rest of these guys is just that ego. 
No, no, no. We'll find out very quickly. Here's the thing. They they already got two rings. It's time to get paid. Steph Curry and and and, uh, you don't think Golden State's going to come with the money to keep those people? Oh, I do. Yeah. Oh, I absolutely do. But here's the thing. Hold on. Okay, you got just to throw out the Earl. Just throw out the number. Golden State's payroll is what twenty five million less than Cleveland's. They got plenty of room to work with. But here's the thing, though, Rich. Clay Thompson, uh, uh, Curry, and Green are all playing on rookie contracts, bro. They're not making shit. They've won two championships, and I get it. The championships made them all-stars. But here's the thing. The championships made them all-stars. Okay? And they're playing on rookie contracts, making a dime compared to everybody else in the league. Yeah, so you got all of those players that have now become all-stars to keep them. Yeah, I understand that. And if Golden State is savvy and these players want the best shot to keep winning, what they'll do is what the what teams like the Chicago Blackhawks did, Taves, Kane, Hosa, they signed their stars and they took less money to stay there. If they want to go for the fucking the brass ring and cash in, there's nothing Golden State can do to stop them. At that point, they have to pick and choose who they're going to offer max contracts to. Right, and that's my question to you. As a player, if you were Steph Curry, winning two championships, been in the finals three years in a row on a rookie contract, okay, you're deemed, it's not the greatest player in any talk, but it is the most pure shot anybody has ever seen. That man can shoot, period, and defile. Okay, and you're coming off a rookie contract, you have three finals, two rings. Is it time to get paid? That's all I'm saying. Do you I got think, you. Do you think they're you going to You also have to, to assume stay? he hates being at Golden State. That, like, that's, I think you're being a little presumptuous there. You're assuming these guys hate where they're or not enjoying where they're playing, not enjoying playing for Steve Kerr, not enjoying playing in the Bay Area, not enjoying playing oh, for that no, team. No, 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 and I'd say, no, no. And I'd say a I'm team where, all, where the starting five want to go ask Kevin Durant to be on their team uh, I'd say probably any of those guys aren't leaving anytime soon. Right, but I'm saying, do you think they'll go for the paycheck or stay and try to win another ring and not make as much if they went somewhere else? For example, Ben Wallace, when we were, you know, the go-to-work Pistons, everybody together, phenomenal team. Ben Wallace went and got paid. And yeah, ben Wallace got offered money Detroit wasn't willing to offer him. Yeah, and Ben Wallace That's what I'm telling you. Ben Wallace was also here for six uh, Eastern Conference uh, championship appearances. I mean, he was getting paid, and Chicago was like, we're willing to fucking open up the bank vault. And Detroit was like, I mean, if you can get it, get it. But you, what, the, thing that, the thing that you're forgetting here is the lesson that agents have been trying to tell people, and especially players, but even fans for years now, Players don't make the lion's share of their money, the superstars, in their contracts. They make the lion's share of their money in their endorsements. And if you are a part of a team like Golden State, and people are wanting to put your face on their product, and they're willing to pay you left and right to do it, do you think that you think those offers are still going to be there as much and for as much money if you go play for fucking Toronto? Because they offered you a max contract, or Vancouver, or the Pelicans. I mean, uh, let's be honest. These guys are going to fucking. What if you end up on the Grizzlies? On top of that, don't forget, 
Yes, it's not L.A., but they are in California. And that is a very high-profile state for any team to be in, for any league. No, no, if they I go, agree. If they go to a flyover, they go to a flyover state team, their fucking Q rating drops right there. And, I mean, their agents are going to be the first people to tell them that. They're going to say, you're gonna, you, you just went from, I mean, maybe if they go to New York, L.A., Boston, what, maybe Miami? I mean, those, those are like, what, the, high pro, the highest profile teams in the highest media markets? And, the only, and honestly, I, I honestly think the only reason Miami would be a destination is because Florida doesn't have state tax, doesn't have state tax on income. So if it's really a money grab, they can pull in a, you know, a sue and go play for a team and get lost in the shuffle versus being fucking worshipped as a king in a state like he was here in Detroit. I mean, now yeah, I he's just, you, don't, you don't want to become Golden Tate. I just personally would love to sit down and be a fly on the wall in in their bedrooms when they're talking to their wives about it. Because seriously, rookie contracts—they're coming up. Two rings, three finals. You got nothing else to prove. You are who you are. I don't know. I, I just—I would love to know their mindset. I mean, yeah, I guess I mean, you're, you're assuming someone like Steph Curry is wired like LeBron, and he isn't. I mean, Steph Curry, just watch it. I mean, I don't know the man personally. He's not on my speed dial. We've never talked. But just from what we see, from the, just the interviews, I mean, he comes out. He's a team guy. He's not a me guy. I just, I, again, you're assuming Golden State ain't going to pay these guys. You don't think Golden State's going to be like, wow, you made us relevant for the first time in 40 years. Yeah, I don't um, think they can. Open Chris. your garage. We're backing up the Brinks truck. Yeah, but I don't think they can, bro. That's all I'm saying. You got they Steph got Curry. Twenty-five million worth of room, too. Hold on. You got Steph Curry, Clay Thompson, Draymond Green, KD, Iguodala. Yeah, man. It's uh, uh, a lot of names with a lot of money. Iguodala wanting. ain't too far out from being the star, quote-unquote, in Philly, and Philly being a big pile of shit. That guy ain't going anywhere. Yes, and as a team, if they agree to take less money in their contracts, but they all band together for the endorsements, which is something I never understood why didn't happen with the going to work 2000s Pistons, why that entire fucking starting five didn't band together and say, like, like pull what the Friends cast did with NBC back in the day and say, you know, let's all get fucking paid together instead of having like, you know, okay, well, Rip's in one commercial and Tayshawn's in another commercial and Sheed's in another commercial. They can make up the fucking... Dude, like they can the make Bears up, did in 85. <laughs> that's what I'm saying. They can, as a group, they can make up the money that they're quote-unquote leaving on the table to stay in Golden State at least two, three times over in endorsements. And I, I mean, if it's, if that's what the... And you're right. Who, who the fuck knows what's going on with these guys? You know, you got old, you got, you got parents. You got, you know, they got kids. They got wives. The, the odds, the odds are pretty, pretty good that one of these guys are going to go. Look, I'd love to stay here for the rest of my career. I'd love to sit, sit here and just win championship after championship. But of the X amount of guys who are high profile on this team, I'm the last man on the totem pole. Everybody's standing on my shoulders. I'm at the bottom of that motherfucker. I'm going to go take a max contract somewhere and take my chance that I can make buku money on endorsements in the middle of, you know, Midwest America somewhere. 
I mean, the odds are that that's, that's going to happen. But the, the top guys, I don't think they're going anywhere unless they don't want to be in Golden State. I don't think money on a contract is enough to get them to leave because, <coughs> excuse me, sports is these days is a business. And these guys are surrounded by business people who make their money off of the more money they make, the more money they get paid. And yeah, your agent and your manager might like you to get a big fucking max contract, but it makes more sense to take less than a max contract and to make five times what you'd have gotten in that max contract and endorsements because they're all getting a piece of that too. And two, who's to say no one's going to pull a Tom Brady? You know, get, take a modest regular season contract, but get paid the fuck in the playoffs. I mean, that's that's how Brady gets makes all his money. He, I mean, don't get me wrong. You know, he's not making seventy grand a year during the regular season. But if you look at Brady's contracts, majority where he gets paid is in the postseason. Who's to say? I could see Steph Curry totally doing something like that. I could see all three rookies totally doing something like that to keep the team together. I mean, think about that too. They just added Kevin Durant. You got to think the mindset's there with with some of these guys. Like, man, let's ride this motherfucker till it dies. Let's see how many championships we can get out of this lineup before someone retires, gets hurt, leaves. I'm not even from San Francisco. I have no vested interest in seeing this team stay together. Well, I mean, whatever, but, dude. This is at this point what we're doing is we're juggling our balls and we're jerking our dick and we ain't got nothing to fucking watch. This is wild and reckless speculation at this we're point. We're staring. We're staring at a white wall jerking off, and we're going, oh, boy, aren't we having a good time? No, not really. Right. Because there's nothing on the my, table my, yet, dude. God. I mean, this is, it, well, he, bro, or excuse me, as you like to say, bruh. Okay, I want to make sure. Put the H at the end so you understand me. Thank you for hijacking the conversation. When I, weren't we talking about the GM situation in Cleveland 15 minutes ago? Mm-hmm. Okay. Have we gotten the Golden State... I mean, I, dude, I'll dig my mother up and see if her crystal ball still works. Maybe then we can fucking talk about what might happen in the future. Until then, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I'd rather talk about what we know is going on. I think it's fucking completely fucking fascinating that you have an owner. And this is what I... Didn't I say this in, the, what, in one last episode, the episode before? Didn't I fucking say this? That at some point, the owner's going to go, I don't give a fuck about your opinion, LeBron. And it's going to happen. And then, boom, here it is happening. Because I highly doubt, I highly doubt if they came to him and asked his opinion that he's going to fucking go out there and say, they didn't ask my opinion, that that's going to be his response. I mean, his tweet was to, to, his, to his now former GM, even if no one else cared about you or wanted you here, I did. Really? That sounds like, that sounds like a dude who's kind of fucking salty that he didn't get his way. That's just how I'm reading yeah. that. I, the way I, I read too. it, Rich, honestly is LeBron just didn't get his help, and he was going to bail if the owner didn't do something. Hey, LeBron's also got to realize there's a point coming for him. I mean, if the, LeBron is a hot blonde chick who's been hot his entire life. Everybody's always done stuff for him, kissed his ass, never heard the word no. You know, got 28 guys asking you out on a date every weekend. Well, the problem is... You know, that that hot chick's getting close to 35, all right? LeBron's going to start hearing no a lot more than he used to. It might fuck with him. Yeah, and just like a, <clears throat> all hot people, 
they don't realize the wall's coming up on them as fast as it is. I mean, this is uh, this is this is the, the tweets. <clears throat> Hold on, give me a sec, guys. See, with, the, with that issue, I looked at it like this: LeBron James made thirty-one million dollars last year. Steph Curry, twelve million. The guy they recruited to play with them, KD, twenty-seven million. Kyrie Irving, second to LeBron James, made $17 million. Kevin Love made $21 million. Russell Westbrook, who was bounced in the first freaking round, made $26 million. Okay, dude. We get it. All right. Can we shelve that for five minutes and finish what we're talking about here? And then we'll come back to that? Okay. Yeah, I was just giving you a minute. <laughs> I said, whatever. I'm not going to explain it. I'm too fucking tired and honorary. Anyways, LeBron comes out and says, if no one appreciated you, Griff, I did. Hopefully, all the people in and hopefully all the people in Cleveland did. Thanks for what you did for the team for three years. You got us one. And then, boom, the tweets start coming out from the NBA insiders and of all, I mean, from all fucking sports media. Dan Gilbert didn't consult with. This is Brian Windhorst. Dan Gilbert didn't consult LeBron James prior to, to, to parting with David Griffin. Sources said James had openly advocated for Griffin's extension. LeBron is disappointed. This is Howard Beck. LeBron is disappointed in Griffin's departure as well as the timing and concerned about what this pretends for Cavs going forward. Once again, Howard Beck. LeBron and Griffin had a solid working relationship. James appreciated that Griffin made the moves necessary to win. This does not, to me, sound like he wanted him gone because he didn't get the fucking help that he fucking feels he needed. This feels like either the owner agreed with LeBron and the GM couldn't make it happen, so the owner made a decision, or the owner's going, well, if you're not going to fucking give us a guarantee you're going to be here past next season, why should I base my entire fucking team from the top down around you? I kind of, I'm more inclined to think it's what you just said. I mean, especially when you talked about what was his press conference last week uh, when they were asking him about, you know, what uh, he plans on doing after next year, and he's and he gave him the, he didn't say, oh, I'm going to stay here in Cleveland, we're going to do it. No, he was like, I got to sit down, I got to think about, you know, my next move. I mean, so, yeah, I mean, I can kind of see where he'd be coming from if that was his mindset. Like, man, what about, this motherfucker is going to keep us held hostage for the next year. Why should I build a team around him? Well, you if gotta, he's guys, not a definite. And you guys got to remember, just five days ago, as of the 15th, According to Slam Online, the inside sources are saying LeBron is likely leaving Cleveland in 2018 with the Clippers or the Lakers being in play. And that's where he wants. And, and, and considering he has his eyes on Hollywood, and I would imagine if he does, he's going to try to go the Shaq route. Well, then those would be two, I mean, perfect places to stick his mug. And if, especially if he's like, look, I've won my championships. Just pay me a bunch of money and give me a high profile fucking team to play for and if i win a championship great if i don't whatever i need to start thinking beyond my days on the court and if he's really thinking like that i mean there's nothing there's nothing any fucking owner or gm is going to do to keep him in cleveland because well no matter what it's fucking cleveland well here's something interesting i just read on espn and that does it and what i read doesn't make any sense to fire the gm but they're trying to acquire uh, Butler from Chicago, and the trade oh, yeah. would involve Kevin Love. Yeah, that's been going around the last day or so. Uh, Indiana has offered Paul George to him in a multi-team trade, uh, Phoenix being part of that trade. 
and Kyrie and LeBron is not in the trade. So you would have LeBron, Kyrie, Butler, and Paul George all on the Cleveland Cavaliers. That That's beginning to look a lot like super team to me. So it doesn't make any sense to fire the GM with all of that going on. So now if you bring in Chauncey Billups and he makes those moves, he's going to look like a freaking genius. Well, he's going to look like a genius to the people who don't pay attention to the behind-the-scenes shit. The NBA, people in the NBA are going to know who the fuck actually did the groundwork and the footwork for those fucking trades. And remember, yeah. he'll only look like a genius if they win. But oh. I mean, also, 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 if they get if they get PG thirteen, that's just that's he unless he's it's a sign and trade. That's he's still a rental player, whose contract I believe is up the same fucking after this season, same as LeBron. So I mean, unless it's they're making just a fucking hellacious push, one last gasp to win a championship, and maybe winning that championship, that second one in Cleveland. In his home, in his hometown, makes him go. Makes LeBron go. Okay, I want to stay here. I want to retire a Cavalier. Maybe that's. I mean, once again, now, now when it comes to this subject, now we're fucking wading into the what if waters, and we're trying to read minds and figure out what people are fucking thinking. No, I just didn't. It doesn't make any sense to fire the GM with all of that trade, you know, on the block right there at your front door. And those are the people you're going to need to try to even have a shot at uh, Golden State. I mean, you ran the East for the whole season and then got embarrassed in the NBA Finals. That could be a reason to fire a GM. It could. You ran the East. You you totally eliminated the Eastern Conference playoffs. Yeah, Yeah, you fucking dominated the playoffs and then you got embarrassed in the NBA Finals. In you no way to, is they, that the GM's fault. But I'm just saying, I mean, really? You don't talk to Detroit Lions fans? There's tons of shit can be the GM's fault. But saying, like, he made moves, he supposedly gave LeBron his help, and then they had to play historically to be Golden State one game. I could argue that might be grounds for, hey, maybe you're not the right guy to be our GM. I just, I also don't think that they fucking, did, when it comes to sports, Everybody's a scumbag fucking piece of shit in the sense that they're all like a scumbag piece of shit is in a relationship. They're not going to fucking make a move without having some pussy on lockdown to move in ASAP to replace the pussy they fucking had. I don't believe they made this that that this move was made in, in Cleveland without them having some pretty strong feelings that they've got that replacement GM lined up. I wouldn't be shocked by the time. This airs, they announced their new GM. And if that's the case, you know that they were already talking to him before they fucking gave Griffin his walking papers. So, hey, yeah, Chauncey was around for the last, you know, few weeks. You never know. But, alrighty. So we, we beat that in the ground for half an hour. <laughs> half an hour. Uh, well, what else, guys? Like I said, like I said, last night. It was the only story on on the national sports stations that I was listening to. I didn't hear any other, besides updates on scores, I didn't hear any other talk about anything fucking else. Uh, It it is that time of year, though, isn't it, guys? Oh, yeah. Was it two weeks from now? Like I said, it's going to be Wimbledon and the Home Run Derby. (laughs) Well, I mean, it's also, how many times do you see a team go to the finals three years in a row under a GM and that GM get fired, whether or not they win those, those championships or not. And it's, I mean, that'd be like if they fired, uh, Dumars 
after his, you know, sixth appearance in the Eastern Conference Finals. Hey, thanks mm-hmm. for the six years, but, you know, later. Especially since he had a championship in there. But, uh, you know, whatever. I don't know. Cleveland's such a fucking enigma to me. I don't. I, I. don't even. I don't even pretend to understand how that team's run. I don't get it. But to me, I, I can't. You can't have the inmates running the asylum. I don't give a fuck if it is LeBron James. You can't have him coming in and as a coach, as a general manager, feel that because he is who he is, he can just fucking piss all over the chain of command, walk into the owner's office, and have moves made. You know, under the cover of night, to the point where you wake up in the morning and find out that oh yeah. Uh, we just made a trade. Wait a minute, I'm the GM. What do you mean we just made a trade? Do you like your job? Yeah. Then shut up and just fucking rubber stamp this trade. As much as Mike Illich is respected among sports fans here in Detroit, I guarantee you when he did that in 2012 with Cecil or Prince, Cecil, Prince Fielder behind Dave Dombrowski's back, I guarantee you that irked Dave Dombrowski, and I guarantee you that's another reason Dave Dombrowski was like, I can go someplace else. Yeah, there, there are probably a few people that were like, "Old man's off his meds." <laughs> he's just off. He, he he's just opening up the checkbook, calling who he wants to be on the team. Well, I mean, we didn't we call it? Didn't we call it when he when he came out for uh, made it made an appearance when they won the, when they when they clinched the pennant for the AL? I mean, all the local sports people were like, "Ooh, he's not looking too good." I mean. Mm-hmm. They, that was what uh, four years, five years before he died. I mean, that was you know that was a that was a good piece of time before he went, and people were already ready to fucking you know say, well, he's pretty much done. And why can't we get the owner of the Lions to do that? Just pick up the phone, like I'll give you hundred million dollars to Tom Brady, huh? Why can't why can't we get that going on in the football team? <laughs> Because well, Gilbert's contract was also uh, expired, it' going to expire this summer too. And the yeah, vice president I, of operations in Cleveland left as well. No, I mean, I. That's that's the thing. That's the that's the, the thing that's getting lost in all this is that I don't think there's been, like I said, a GM who's lasted more than three years under the current ownership. So, I mean, this isn't anything like out of the fucking blue. This isn't, you know someone coming in and firing Tom Landry, you know, or, 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 you know, pissing all over Scotty Bowman going, you're out of here. Sorry. New ownership come in. We don't give a fuck about your record. See you later. I mean, this is par for the course. That's why I said, I don't get how this, this team is run. I really don't. And it seems like it's been run at the whim of LeBron James. And I think that's why this is a story because this is the first time that he's, Without going to the media, at, at least as of 10.02 a.m. on the 20th, he hasn't gone to the media and, and given an interview outright saying he's pissed about this. But everything coming from behind the scenes and behind the curtains is he's pissed about this. And to me, there's that much smoke. There's got to be fire there, man. Take his ball and go home. Take his talents to L.A. Clippers. Hey, man, at least come to Detroit. It's right up 94. I mean. Oh, Jesus. You know, oh, I'm on 75. It's quicker. We use the help. As annoying as bandwagon fans are, oh, my God. 
It would, uh, it would just suck. Yeah, I mean, it would suck because then I'd have to listen to motherfuckers who couldn't even tell, couldn't tell you any of the starting five for the 2004 Pistons championship talk about how they've been lifelong Piston fans. Ugh. Sorry, that's just that's that, that. This is this is this is a this is like a way prequel to the uh, MLB All Star Break when we are gonna make a list of our assholes in sports. <laughs> <laughs> this is a preview know, of right? that. those type of people, and I'm just gonna leave it at that. We'll get into it more in a couple weeks. <laughs> hey, only what like a month to training camp? Yeah. Which, man. Okay, I, maybe I'm jinxing it. I don't know. But hasn't it been a f- fairly quiet offseason as far as nonsense with the NFL? I mean, I'm not talking about people getting cut in the moves and shit like that. That happens every offseason. I'm talking about no one shot nobody. No one's been accused of rape. No one's been involved in a murder situation. Or is it just... Hey, give it time. Just, give it am time. I just am I just forgetting? Yeah, a month before training camp. Summer's starting. It's going to be hot. People yeah, they're just shit. coming out of their houses. <laughs> well, the, the big, the biggest uh, uh, tut tut I've heard towards anybody in the NFL in the offseason so far is uh, Beckham was skipping, sk- sk- yeah, skipping OTAs and how that's not a good look. And it's like if that's that's the biggest problem the NFL, the Shield has in the offseason. I consider that a win a win for them. Well, you got to understand they they relax the celebration rules so everybody's in their house practicing their touchdown dance. <laughs> you know, right? I did This is legal. This say shake it twice, not three times. I did read an article that I did not bookmark. I forgot to. And then I couldn't remember where I read it. Uh, but it was uh, basically from a, an NFL insider about how one of the main reasons they loosened the restrictions on celebrations is because they're looking at their numbers with the millennials and they're seeing that their numbers are falling drastically from the Gen Xers to the millennials and they hope that this is a way to bring them in. So once again, the NFL isn't doing anything because they want the players to have fun. No, no, the NFL is doing it because they're worried that they're a little, you know, uh, uh, Franklin Mint in the back room, they're not going to be able to print money at the rate they're printing it right now in another five to ten years. So I just think that's interesting. Printing money. Hmm. Speaking of Floyd Money Mayweather. Yeah. That that became official since the last time we got together. August 26th. Dude, everything we said happened later that day. We call it even, I even, like we were talking about it, I was like, yeah, the reports are saying it's going to be the 26th that this is what they're going to get paid. And by the time I laid my head down on the pillow that night, boom. That, that Or what was the next day? It might have been the next day. That story had broke, and I was like, God damn. I wish we were fucking live almost. <laughs> Iceman cometh. <laughs> the Iceman squared, dude. Shit. I had an Earl moment right there, and I wasn't even realizing it. But yeah, uh, I'm going to start calling you Iceman Island. Fuck Revis Island, because you're out here on your own. Saying that, that you actually think that uh, McGregor's going to give him a run for his fucking money. Dude, I can't see it. I can't. I've watched the cat in, in the octagon. The man could take a punch and give one. Is he going to look great? Is he going to be dancing around like Floyd? No. But if he gets hit, and when he gets hit, is he going to drop? 
Is this going to be a Mike Tyson 32nd first round knockout? No. Man, McGregor's sparring partner is saying they'll end up stopping the fight. It's the guy who fights with the guy every day. Just saying. Okay, but McGregor's sparring partner isn't 40 fucking years old either. We'll see, man. I mean, it's George Foreman showed you ain't got to be fucking young to knock people out 20 years ago. And you're acting like Mayweather's fucking decrepit, man. I'm not. In his last I'm fight, he didn't. His last fight, he didn't look shitty. The man is still undefeated. And what's up with the payday? Mayweather's getting a hundred million. McGregor's getting twenty million. How's that work? If I were McGregor, I'd be firing my agent. Like you gotta Floyd. go. That guy's getting four times. That guy's getting five times more money than me. Floyd Money Mayweather. This is all about branding, right? Through, well, there you go. Your Q rating. Through pure fuckery, I ended up uh, watching uh, a boxing match on Friday night that Teddy Atlas was uh, commentating on, and I can't remember who he was with, who his partner was with, but it was between it was between fights, and they started talking about the McGregor Mayweather fight, and basically they both said, "Look, this is a nice spectacle." This is a nice exhibition about, but this isn't going to do anything to bring people into, to draw, to, to make new boxing fans. This is basically something out of a Rocky movie. And I was basically saying to the TV, just say what you really mean. This is the great white hype is what it is because Vegas has already put the odds that McGregor's going to get destroyed. And you know there's going to be some little old white ladies going up going, let me get $10 on the Irish boy. <laughs> the white Irish boy. <laughs> so everybody's going to get paid in this situation, man. And this ain't even a real boxing match. I mean, think about that. This, this is insanity. I mean, to guarantee $120 million between the two people taking or participating in this, that's like, dude, that, that's like Mike Tyson fight money. And I'm talking when Tyson was still knocking motherfuckers out and shit without having to chomp on their ear. So I, it, it's kind of surreal to me. And I guess I, 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 I'm with Earl. I, I ain't going to pay to watch it. I'll wait two hours and, and watch the highlights on YouTube. I'll just go to Facebook. Everybody's going to post that fight on Facebook. Seriously. Well, that's When it. Ronda Rousey lost, two hours later, the whole fight was on Facebook. Well, I mean, there is that too, but yeah, I don't know. It, it, this just, I keep thinking of Rocky three, him fighting, uh, Hulk Hogan. I mean, I, 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 apparently there's even a clause in the, in the contract that if McGregor does anything but box that he forfeits his payday and there might even be criminal charges pressed against him. Like I, the criminal charges thing sounds like some what do you call it some uh, urban legend type shit that someone made in or made up and threw in there, but I I guarantee you if he does a leg sweep takes him to the ground throws an arm bar on on Mayweather he just sacrificed twenty million dollars <laughs> he just threw that out the window. It'd be funny, huh? Yeah, that's about the way that the fight could be the most entertaining. Because I maintain, if to me, a boxing match is like, eh, okay. It's sideshow attraction to me. Like, it's eh, curious in that way. If this was a no-holds-bar MMA fight, I'd actually pay money to see that. 
because Mayweather would get his shit fucked up. He would be out the first be, round. Uh, necessary roughness running behind the ref. Blow the whistle. <laughs> Blow the whistle. Exactly. Exactly. But, I mean, then again, that's not... Uh, I don't think... It, especially after the, la- the last week, there's been, what, two uh, ex-UFC fighters killed in the ring or died because of of uh, things that happened to him in the ring. Who is that guy? Uh, Tim Hogg or whatever. Haig or whatever. Yeah, and went brain dead after being knocked out. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because I was listening to uh, a Joe Rogan talk with a couple guys from UFC probably about three or four weeks ago, and they were talking about, you know, what it takes to to die in it, you know, those type of fights. doesn't take a whole lot. I mean, they all agreed. They're like, it's sometimes it's not even the punch that does it to you. It's hitting the mat that does it to you. I mean, if someone hits you in just the right way and you lay and 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 takes your you know turns your lights off and you go down like a heap and you land the wrong way, you can basically separate your brain from your spinal cord, and that's good night, you all. That's you know, here's the address to send your flowers to. It's over with. And to be honest with you, I'm really shocked that there's not more being made out of this. Because if this was during the football season and two players had died on the field within a week of each other, shit. I yeah, no, right. All- We'd be in our, like, 48th hour of, you know, concussion coverage on ESPN. I'm going to go so far as to say two people die on a football field in a week, you're going to see the game suspended at least a week. I I, I I truly believe that, and I mean it's and, and you're going to get the you're going to get the government sticking his nose in like they did to baseball with steroids in the '90s and in the 2000s. There's going to be people testifying in front of a congressional hearing at that point because that's just how we work in this country. You know, we say, "Oh, well, we don't want it. We don't want our, our athletes to get hurt," but then we send them out there to basically brutalize each other. What the fuck do you mean we don't want our athletes to get hurt? That's what the fuck they do. That's what they get paid to do. What is a boxing match but to knock the other guy out? You knock somebody, that's, that's, that's how you win. When you knock someone out, you just gave them a concussion. But we're not brutal. We don't want our athletes to brutalize each other. Talking out of and both with, sides of our mouth there a little bit, in my opinion. And with all of that, Rich, and you still think that McGregor is going to just get his ass kicked? Yes, he's yeah. not a boxer. So what? He could take a punch. Doesn't matter if Rod. It does matter. Rob He's half the man's age. He's going to if, be able to stay away from him. Dude, if Gronk plays LeBron one on one, LeBron's going to win. Gronk's not a basketball player. So there's plenty oh. of people who can take a punch. You you have to land punch. You have to win by knockout in boxing. I just think. Well, I mean, except Floyd Weather's a trained boxer. He's been doing this for twenty plus years. You know, and if it was an MMA fight, I'd be talking the same shit about Mayweather. Like All I'm buddy, saying, <laughs> when Mike Tyson got old, went back into the ring, it was sad. It was very sad. I'm not talking Holyfield bite near. I'm talking way after that and, and fights that weren't built up at all. I, probably people don't even know about the damn things. It was terrible. But, you're, but Tyson also went to prison for a fucking decade and didn't box. Mayweather has not. Mayweather's career has continued. Mayweather's career is not segmented like Tyson's was. Mayweather didn't let himself get fat like Mike Tyson did. 
Maybe use another analogy for you, Earl. If you buy a guitar and you only study rock music, it doesn't mean you can all of a sudden play bluegrass. It's a certain style that you have to, you know, hone and learn how to play. And it's I'm using right, the same analogy here with the fighting. strings, though. Yeah, in a half-ass motion, and then anyone who knows what the fuck they're doing will come and school you real quick. Right, but it ain't going to hurt your fingertips because you got the calluses already. How, how does uh, Earl? Uh, I'm uh, trying to understand how taking a punch in your brain equates to him winning. Because how is taking you're, a punch? Taking a punch me, is only half of boxing. You're trying to tell me of Floyd Mayweather's skills because he's done this his whole life or whatever. Great, that's fine. But Mayweather's wins came from Mayweather's power and ability to knock people out. Yes. Okay, he's, he's still winning as little as two years ago. He's not still winning as little as two years ago. He beat the fuck okay. out of Pacquiao. Who was older than him? Stop it. Manny should have never fought that man. Everybody knows that was a money grab. Dude, you're acting like he, he hasn't boxed in a I mean, I mean, we'll see in a month or two I'm months. I'm not but. acting like he can't box. Floyd Mayweather is a hell of a boxer. Hell of a boxer. One He's of never greatest. lost. Exactly. Undefeated. Absolutely. He'll probably win this fight. But to think that he's going to, quote, destroy Conor McGregor is just silly. No, he's not. Unless it's all fixed. And understood, look, in the second round, you're going well, that, down. That's, well, it. That, that's, that's another boxing conversation. That's a totally different boxing conversation. Look, I don't have it like I used to. I, second, third round, man, I'm going to give you the word and <laughs> hit the deck. Um, it's just, he said all those years to just hone his punch, to hone the power that he puts behind it. I mean, McGregor, let's be honest, McGregor's got, the, I know this sounds silly to say, but McGregor's got that crutch of his his other three limbs or his other two limbs, you know, that he can leave the ground, that he can put you in a hold. I mean, Mayweather, Mayweather's got his fists and his legs. You know, Mayweather's got, I'm going to punch you and I'm going to duck. I'm going to dodge. I'm going to move. All the man has. McGregor, put it this way, McGregor is like an artist who's got a palette with 75 paints, but in this fight, he's only going to be able to use about Ten of them. Like that's why. I, that's another reason why I see him losing as well. I I will go so far as to say this. I think there is a scenario where what Earl is saying could very easily happen. I don't know the type of person Mayweather is. I don't know, so I can only speculate. But if he's taking this fight as a joke, and he trains like it's a joke, then just through his own fuckery, he could put himself in a position to where he gets fucking rocked a few times, and then he goes, oh, okay, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute, white boy, you trying to embarrass me or something? And then, what? He's probably been boxing since he's been, at least in single digits, so 30-plus years of boxing experience comes out and whoops Conor McGregor's ass for making an ass of him and making him take a few punches. But still, that once again, that says exactly, that, that backs up what Earl's saying. That Conor McGregor is going to come out and he's going to surprise people. It's not. It's going to be as cut and dried over in the first round as people think. I mean, I can see a situation like that happening. To me, that's more movie shit, though. That is literally the plot of the Great White Hype. Yeah, I mean that is. I, I, it, it's it, this entire situation is like that movie. It is very fucking surreal and strange to me. I don't it's know any other identical. way to put it. I'm just waiting for Samuel L. Jackson to come out and Jeff Goldblum and. Uh, you know, my brother. 
<laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> Jamie Fox. <laughs> yeah. You can, don't talk to me that way. You ain't my daddy. Is you? You know. I mean, I'm just waiting for that. Hello, <laughs> Uh, I guess another a red flag for me too is McGregor's just been talking an awful lot of shit. Yeah, like, McGregor I guess that, always that, talks shit. Why wouldn't McGregor I know, but, talk shit? There is something to be said for him being half of Floyd's age. Seriously, he's twenty-seven, dude. If nothing else, he could run around him for three rounds, four rounds. <laughs> yeah, but don't get hit. That's my point. He can get hit. He's taking hits without gloves on, bro. I guess, Earl, all you've made an argument for is defense with McGregor. What I'm making like, an guess, argument for is is what Rich said I was. It's not cut and dry. This is not a first, second round. You can round take a knockout. punch and move around. Well, there's there's another component you're missing. He's actually got to hit him. He's actually got to knock him out. A guy who's never been knocked out. I, I For the record, I don't think Conor McGregor's going to win this fight. I don't, but it's not going to be just a Floyd Mayweather exhibition. I'm 40 and I still got it type shit. I mean, he, he looked good versus Pacquiao, regardless of what you think of Pacquiao. He didn't look like he was losing a step. It'll be interesting, to say the least. And yeah, I ain't paying for that motherfucking fight. I'll watch it on the internet for free, like everyone will, an hour later. <laughs> but see, you, you said Pacquiao. Pacquiao's 38, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Well, in your age, that's old. As, it, according to you, that's old as shit, right? It's only two years younger in than boxing? Mayweather. In boxing, yeah. Yeah, but when they fought, that was what two, three years ago. So Pacquiao's what thirty-five, thirty-six. Mayweather's like what thirty-seven, thirty-eight. Right. Now Mayweather's forty, and Conor McGregor's twenty-seven. Mm-hmm. Big difference. Mayweather still never lost. McGregor has lost. And I don't think Mayweather's going to lose this fight. But he's not going to come out and just be like, aha, I got this motherfucker. I just don't. He might. I will be but, stunned if it's a first-round knockout by either one. There's no money in a first-round knockout. Oh, oh yeah, there is. Talk yeah, to Don like, King. Like Tyson did. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Tell Don, Don King, man. Exactly. Don King made a lot of money off of Mike Tyson when he was knocking motherfuckers out. Those, those mini microwave fights, shit. Uh, you could start heating up your hot pocket, and Mike Tyson could have knocked the guy out sometimes three times over before you even got that bitch out of the microwave. <laughs> That's what the great white hype was made from, was the Tyson fight. I can't remember the white guy's name. Big, fat, white guy. Oh, I dude, I, I don't remember. I just remember they goofed on uh, uh, what's-his-face what's his from Rocky Five. John Wayne's nephew, who thought he was going to have a boxing career for a minute until he got to heavy. Oh, uh, Tommy Davidson? Or no? Yeah. No, not Tommy Davidson. <laughs> Tommy Morrison. <laughs> Tommy Morrison. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Somewhere Tommy, Tommy Davidson's Davidson. like, what? I got AIDS? I don't even know. Man, I know I'm skinny and shit, but goddamn. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Brother's got a high metabolism. Don't be putting me in the grave yeah. just yet. <laughs> oh, shit. Well, anyways, since we're on a, a, a limited time here, I wanted to uh, at least touch on one subject that I think is really fucking interesting is the the NHL, when they have an expansion draft, you have so many players you can protect, so many forwards, so many defensemen, and you can protect one goalie. Uh, you don't have to worry about protecting players who've only played two seasons or less in the NHL. 
which I guess is a good thing for Detroit because they didn't have to bother to leave Dylan Larkin, the Red Wings. They didn't have to worry about leaving him exposed and maybe getting picked up. Uh, But then again, after how Dylan Larkin played last season, there's some Red Wings fans that would say good riddance to bad trash. Um, What is interesting is their choice in goalie that they chose to protect. They chose to protect Jimmy Howard over uh, Morazic. And that I didn't even see. Why? The I think protecting Floyd Mayweather over uh, Conor McGregor. The the story the 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 theories I'm hearing from the NHL Network and from people in the NHL is that Morazic is the antithesis of what most teams are looking for in a goalie these days. Teams are looking for huge fucking guys to play goal. The days of Darren Pang, Chris Osgood and Mike Vernon, the little guys in goal, pretty much over for the moment in the NHL. They want guys that are 6'2", 6'3", 6'4", 6'5", that when they throw the pads on, they get in the uniform, and they get in front of the net, can take up a large part of the net without even having to make a save. And Morazic's only, I think I think he's listed at 5'10", maybe 5'11". Um, and, I mean, just to be honest, he's had a sketchy fucking... He's he's had a sketchy last couple seasons. You know, he, he played out of his mind for one season, and then he's had two seasons that's left fans scratching their head. Now, the thing is, Howard's 33 and is under contract for another two years. And I believe the second year of his contract, he has a no-trade clause, but it modifies in the, in the last year of his contract, which means he has... He has to provide a list of teams that he would be okay with a trade to. And if they're going into re- – well, Holland's already said their GM has already said they're not going into rebuild mode. They're in retooling mode. But to me, I think they're in Whatever. retooling mode the same way Chicago Bears are in retooling mode. And the Bears are rebooting. Yeah. What the fuck you want to call it? Yeah, it's just – it's it's yeah, it's it's prettied up language, you know, to, to make the fans feel better is really what it is. Um, but I mean, I, you know, Howard, thirty-three, has been. I mean, just a roller coaster. You know, if the we haven't had a roller coaster like this in Detroit since Todd Jones retired. I mean, seriously, this is his career has just been a series of ups and downs and ups and downs and everything in between, with no really long stretch, multi-season stretch of. Better than average player, lower than average play. I mean, he's to me the best thing you could say about him is he's 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 in the middle of the pack. There's no way he's an elite. There's no way I call him an elite goaltender. No way whatsoever. And I mean, I'd even go so far as you go ahead and throw them late '90s, early 2000s Red Wings, you know, defensive cores in front of him, and I don't think he would be an elite goaltender still. Morazic. Is younger, but apparently his, they don't. They're not buying, and he has as big of an upside. So I mean, if if you're the Vegas Knights and Golden Knights, excuse me, which was they'd have been better off going Black Knights because or, or just Knights that have been that have been cooler. Golden Knights sounds almost like a sex thing you'd find on Urban Dictionary somewhere. But I mean, if they if they if they want to build, they got and they take Morazic. They got a young goaltender. I mean, because Pittsburgh didn't protect Flurry. 
Flurry's, you know, he's been, he's exposed to the expansion yeah, draft. All right, but the thing is, is that they could pick both. You get to pick, they get to pick one player from each team. I mean, you know, and there's players that I'm like, they didn't protect. Washington didn't protect TJ Oshie or Shattenkirk, which, I mean, I guess was kind of, you expected that was coming with Shattenkirk because he was going to be a free agent. But, and he, it's not like he has deep roots in, in, in Washington either. But, I mean, like, there is a case to be made I'm not talking play a Stanley Cup contender or necessarily a playoff contender, but that they could be an expansion team that if they play their cards right, they could get a proven backstop with a guy like Fleury, back him up with a young guy like Morazic, and with the other 28 picks from one player from each team, put together a team that could ruin some other teams' nights when they go in there because they think it's a fucking pencil, you know, penciled-in automatic win. And it's not. So, I mean, I just, I, I, I'm kind of shocked. Honestly, I figured they would leave Howard unprotected with his age and how much of his contract and, and his contract situation is. I figured they'd pass up Howard. So the smart move would be to protect Mrazek. Your The future, at least that's what we've been led to believe here in Detroit for the last couple of years, the future of the fucking franchise as far as goaltending and leave Howard exposed and watch them go, eh, if we're going to take on a fucking old goalie with a contract like that, we'll take a guy like Fleury who's actually won some cups. And, I mean, to me, they're dumb if they don't take Fleury. We went over this last week. That The, the, the Penguins won this cup this year with goalie by committee in the playoffs. So, and that's something that Morazic's used to because we've had goalie by committee here for stretches in Detroit between the way Howard plays. When Howard's good, okay, we're starting him. He gets on a bad run, they put Morazic in. Morazic's good, okay, they run with him. Morazic starts showing cracks in his armor, boom. Set him on the bench, throw Howard back in. To me, it's just I think that I think I think Vegas is set up to have a pretty good goaltending core just between those two goaltenders. So if you're a Detroit Red Wings fan, Get used to Jimmy Howard for at least another two years because I don't think they're going to be able to trade him for anything. Why anyone would take on that contract with a 33-year-old goaltender who hasn't won shit. He hasn't even made it to a cup finals. I don't know. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting. On the, he wasn't on the 08 team? Uh, no, that 08 was, uh, oh, shit, Hashik and uh, Osgood. And then 09 was Osgood, I believe. Oh, you are correct. So no, wait, my brain, I mean, you're the hockey guy. I just have to look this up for some, for some reason. I'm thinking like, was he a rookie? Howard played four games in 08 and let's see. He played, hold on a sec here. Okay. If he played four games in 08, then he definitely, uh, he obviously was on the, the roster, uh, in 09. But I know he wasn't starting, not in the playoffs. Yeah, it, from Wikipedia, or Wikipedia, as Bill Burr calls it, Howard only played four games in the 2007-08 regular season and therefore did not qualify to have his name engraved on the cup. Yep, because, yeah, that's right. Now I remember. Uh, I had, to, I had to, to, to take a refresher here through uh, hockey reference. We had Ty Conklin. Yes. Backing up Osgood in the uh, 08-09 campaign. Mm-hmm. 
With Osgood starting more than Conklin, 46 to Conklin's 40, and then Howard only started one game that season. So he went from 07, 08, starting four games to starting one game the next season. But, I mean, there you go. That's This is what I'm saying, okay? So that means the 09-10 season, 11-12. Yeah, it's all 13, 10 years 14, ago 15, is your point. 16. He's had seven seasons, and he had, what has he done? We haven't made it to a conference final. We haven't made it to a cup final with him. Or excuse me, we haven't made it to a cup final with him. I, I think we, we did make it to a conference final. I believe in that span of time. I don't know. It is way fucking early. <laughs> but, uh, yeah, uh, I, I just, I, I don't get the move. Um, obviously, the front office feels that Morazic doesn't have as much of an upside as they've been. They've been, I mean, because they've been hyping him here in Detroit. If you're if you're listening to us and you you're not from the Detroit area, you don't understand how much they've been hyping him. And this goes back for a while now. This isn't this isn't like out of fucking nowhere. You know, last couple seasons they've been hyping him up. No, they've been hyping him up since I want to say the what 2013 2014 season. No, 2014-2015 season. Yeah. But, I mean, you know. I, He's got you a big pile of nothing. I mean, you, you know. Two of those seasons barely making the playoffs, and the last one not making the playoffs. I mean, guys, think about this. All right. 2014-15 played, or he started 26 games. 15-16, he started 49. And in the last season, he started 44. So if you're just going by games he started, he's been their number one goaltender. For the last two seasons, and they've and, and like I said, he and they've failed left him this season, and, and they've and they've left him open. Hey, is Rich, it, is that fair? I needed to ask you that question. Hmm. The draft. What do you mean? The expansion draft. The teams have to give up some of their players to a team that it is just starting. Do you think well, that's how do you, fair? How does that team get players? Then I have no what's, idea. What's, I just wanted to know if what's Rich the option? It was fair. I don't. Okay, one. I don't see a better way. I've never thought of a better way. I've never heard anyone explain a better way to do it. Um, I don't think the draft lottery is a legit way to run a, a, a draft, period. I think where you end up at the end of the season should determine your draft position. But, I mean, what could what else could they do? Automatically give the expansion team the first overall pick? So right there, that, that, that nullifies the draft lottery, bumps everyone down a spot. And then who do they pull from there? Because they don't have a minor league system that they've built up. Most likely, they're going to end up sharing a minor league system. In fact, hold on a sec. I could probably tell you who they're, who's going to be their minor league system. Right. And I understood all that. I'm just saying, like you were saying, Pittsburgh won it by, you know, goalie by committee. Those two goaltenders were the cornerstone of that championship. But now, because of the expansion tree, expansion team, one of those goalies are gone. They could have protected well, someone else. They could have what? Or they could have left someone else. They, they could have protected. They, they chose not to protect him. I guess that's the thing. Do they make you have to give up a goalie? No. Oh, no, no, yeah, no, no. So, you can only protect so yeah, one goalie. Yeah, it was a choice. You can only protect one goalie. There's a certain number of forwards you can protect. There's a certain number of defensemen you can protect, and you can protect one goalie. Right, so they make you give one up for the fantasy draft. They make you expose a goalie to the, yeah. But wow. they can only take... They can only take one player from each team unless they start making trades, which that's that's the rumbling in the NHL right now is that, you know, Las Vegas is sitting there. You left this player exposed. Do you really want to get rid of him? And that team go, no, not really. Well, how about we make a trade here? How about we make a deal? 
we won't take him. You give us so-and-so and a draft pick, et cetera, et cetera. I mean, it, you know, it all depends on how crafty their GM gets. I mean, it, it, I, to me, that's what it really boils down to. But to answer your original question, I don't see another way to do it that's more fair. I just really don't. And, I mean, maybe, okay, how about this? Maybe maybe give them first shot at it. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Maybe give them first shot at every free agent. But, I mean, if a free agent's going to be like, that's the point of being a free agent. I don't want to sign there. I don't want to go there. No, I'm good. You can't force a player to go play for a team. That, that he, he's not been drafted by or traded to. That type of shit. You know, remember all those times we talk about the, the, the mass exodus to other leagues in the world? That type of shit will definitely get the fucking star players to go, see ya, NHL. I got, I got other leagues I can go to. I mean, maybe the only other way that's fair would be to have more players you can protect in the, in the NHL, but also expose your your minor league teams, your affiliate teams, so they can choose from them so they can build a farm system that way. That's the only thing I can think of. But right there, you're guaranteeing that team is not going to be a team that's going to be, you're not guaranteeing, but you're doing everything you can to guarantee that team's going to be pretty much irrelevant for at least five years. Because if all you can choose is, like if, if every NHL team said, okay, you can protect everybody but five players, they're going to put their five worst players out there. Okay, so they get to choose... Thir- one player from each of the thirty teams, and they're the five. And so they ha- now have a team full of the five worst players, one of the five worst players on all the teams, and a bunch of fucking people playing in the minors. What are you going to do with a team like that? Lose. Don't, don't forget, guys. Success for a minor league hockey team does not mean you are guaranteed to have an amazing NHL team because of that success. Grand Rapids is constantly in the Calder Cup talks. They won it this year. What the fuck has Detroit done? I mean, if, ooh, if that's if that's our farm system, you know, shouldn't we be setting the world on fire? But it doesn't work that way. Just because you have success in that league doesn't translate to the NHL. Much but, like but, just because you have success sports. in college, yes, it doesn't mean you're going to have success in the NFL. Because well, look at. In, in college, it's so watered down with so many teams and, and the 100 you know player rosters. The NHL is 53 people on a set number of teams. It's the best of the best of the best. Mm-hmm. I mean, and you look at another sport like baseball. The two teams that are constantly in the talks about the best farm systems in the league are uh, Houston and Kansas City. Houston, working for them not right now. Kansas City, uh, how's it been since they won their World Series? Not great. So, I mean, yeah, it's not a guarantee if you got a great, you know, farm system that it translates to the pros. You Yes, you still have to develop talent. You still have to be able to have an eye for talent. And you still have to have a coach that can put it together at the NHL level. Because just like any other sport, when you go up a league, the game gets that much faster. The game gets that much more physical. And you have less time to react. You don't have goalies who have the reaction time that you've been used to seeing, you know, for three, four years if you're playing for the Grand Rapids Griffins. Now you're coming up against world-class goalies, guys who've won gold, you know, gold medals, playing against the best of the best in the world. You know, you're playing against guys who are just fucking physical specimens, who come out of nowhere, who are 18, come in, 
and can pull some, you know, Connor McDavid and, you know, Austin Matthews shit out of their ass in their rookie season. I mean, it's Dylan Larkin was supposed to be held up or not held up, excuse me, supposed to be mentioned in the same breath as those guys. And he came up a year before him. And I mean, talk to any Red Wings fan. The politest you're going to get, most likely, unless they're a huge Larkin slappy, is he he had a sophomore slump this year. Item on my fantasy hockey team, he didn't make it out of October. That's on my roster. There you go. go. I mean, I don't know, Earl. Let me me turn the question back around and ask you. I mean, do you think it's fair? I don't think it's fair, but like you, I can't think of a better way to do it. Uh, I don't think it's fair at all. It's simply just in the case of Pittsburgh. Goalie by committee won a cup. Now one of them is unprotected. Could possibly and should, like you said, possibly leave. And that's just not fair. It's not because he wanted to go play in Las Vegas. It's not because he doesn't like Pittsburgh. It's not because he wasn't a good goalie. It's because somebody got rich and bought a team in, in Las Vegas and said, uh, we need players. Well, yeah, it's literally how every expansion draft goes. I think they, the only other conceivable way I see it happening is what Rich suggested. And to me, that is way more unfair that everybody's got to leave, you know, a player up for the draft. I mean, because you're talking about <laughs> just starting right out of the gate, losing, and then pretty much you, you 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 won't contend for a decade if you draft the other way, where you just pick from the other, you know, uh, from other teams' minor leagues. I mean, that's to me that's way unfair. That's no, 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 no. I, I get it. I get. It. I'm just that shitty that Pittsburgh you know, won their cup, and now they're looking at their goalie like, well, we had a good team. Fuck. Sorry, dude. See ya. Well, this is also this, why... Devil's advocate for Flurry. He's getting old. This is also why I was against exp- them expand- expanding into Las Vegas. Not necessarily against a team in Las Vegas, but this constant expansion that Bettman and the NHL has been pushing since he's become commissioner... For a guy who wants to streamline the league and have parity across the board, he's watering it down. Instead of raising the level of play to the best teams in the league, to where everybody is now playing at that level, he's watered it down to where everybody sinks to a median level, somewhere in the middle between the best and the worst pre-salary cap era, now everybody's just eh, in the middle. And, I mean, if this was economics, people would be calling him a communist and a socialist and every other fucking thing in the world. So, I mean, it's, that's like, it, it's, it, it, that's why I was against it. You're telling me that you have two teams in Florida. You have a team that is a laughingstock perennially in Phoenix, Glendale, Arizona, whatever. That you couldn't have moved. You couldn't have moved someone there. You really couldn't have. You couldn't have moved. You know, a, a team from a non-traditional hockey market into Vegas and not have to go through this shit. I mean, that's what they did with the Atlanta Thrashers when they said we're giving Winnipeg a team again. They didn't give them a brand new team. They basically packed up Atlanta and moved them up there. They didn't basically do it. That's what they did. There was no expansion draft for for the Winnipeg Jets. The Winnipeg Jets went up. That's what should have happened in Vegas, in my opinion. What happened in Colorado? Exactly. And Colorado has proved that 
if you're not, if you, if you have a general manager who's shrewd and an opportunity and he's willing to fucking jump on it and take it, that if you take the risk, the high risk, high reward can work for you. Because if Colorado had never acquired why we would have never fucking be told. We would we would probably still be never talking about a Colorado Cup win. It w- it would just be that team out there in Denver if they were even still in Denver at that point. I think it's very safe to say that if it wasn't for Patrick Waugh, Denver could have easily ended back up in some in in a in a maybe not Quebec, but could have ended up in Winnipeg like. Atlanta did. It's it's messy. It's going to be a clusterfuck. I'm, I don't know. I'm watching and trying to stay as neutral about the entire expansion draft as I can because the last time I really remember this happening, I don't have a very clear memory of it, but I know it happened with uh, Tampa Bay Lightning and the Florida Panthers. And I just, like I said, I don't have a clear memory out of, I mean, besides like, you know Gerard, Gerard Gallant playing for you know Tampa Bay Lightning because that's who they picked up from the Red Wings in the expansion draft type shit. So, but yeah, uh, that's that's the the only other story worth talking about at the moment because there's not much going on in the NHL is Shane Doan, uh, who spent his whole career in. The Coyote system, even when they were the original Winnipeg Jets, they didn't re-sign them. And, I mean, to give you some perspective here, he is, let's see, one. he's in pretty elite company as far as most points by a player who spent an entire career with the same franchise. We're talking Iserman, Lemieux, Sackick, Stan Makita, Alec DeVecchio, like Bossy, you know, uh, Ovechkin, Crosby, if we're talking guys that are still playing, the Sedin twins. You know, I mean, he's he's got almost 1,000 points in his entire career, has been with that team. And they didn't sign him. And as of right now, I guess he still wants to play. Because if he, if he was, if retirement was on the, the table for him. Don't you guys think he would have just said, you know what, instead of just not signing me, why don't we just, you know, have a press conference and announce my retirement? How about that? Yeah, that'd been a little bit better. Kind of disrespectful, you think? Uh, I don't think you would see that from teams that are considered teams that are very um, respectful of, of homegrown players. Oh, they would have never not signed Iserman. Mm-mm. No. Same thing with Lindstrom. I mean, if, if, if Lindstrom come in and said, look, guys, um, you know, I want to keep playing, they'd have been like, sign where the line is dotted. Here you go. If he'd have come back after the year after his retirement, they'd have taken him back. Eisenman just couldn't do it anymore. Eisenman, his, apparently, he was playing on bone on bone in both knees for the last two or three seasons and they've done some like, you know, $6 million man thing to where he sits, you know, when he sits down and take a shit and he stands up, his knees go, no, 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 no. So, I mean, <laughs> I, I, it, there was but no he way. He had nothing left to prove anyway. No, no, not at all. You know, and, and you know, Sackett came out, of, not Sackett, Lemieux came out of retirement to play with Crosby. Sackett spent his whole career split between 
Quebec and, and Colorado, but I mean, it's still the same team. Let's be honest; they just once again up and moved them. I mean, th- this is this pretty elite company that Dones in, and I don't know. It's to me, it's just kind of sad. It's it. Maybe I'm reading too much into it. Maybe I'm a little too sentimental about about shit like this. But to me, this just reeks of how the NHL now looks at its veteran players. It's it's turned into when when they went to the when they went to the salary cap and there was the the rule changes in the '90s and then the major rule changes after the 2000s lockout. I said basically the NHL is going to turn into a bunch of mercenaries within a generation. And it hasn't even been 15 years since I said that. And what I didn't foresee is not only the players being mercenaries, but the teams acting like mercenaries. I mean, I, I mean, it, it's, it, sports is cutthroat to a certain extent, no matter what sport you play. But I think that because hockey isn't in the top three, but they're, but they're not like of a, a, such a fringe sport like soccer is in America or, you know, something along those lines that I guess I just expected they, they have a little bit more reverence for history and tradition. And I, I'm starting to see that go by the wayside. I mean, case in point, you bring it up after every playoff series, you know, the two teams line up, they shake hands. That's not written in the rule book. No one has to do that. That's just mutual respects that, that the teams do. And that's a given in hockey. When that happens after a playoff series in baseball, which happened with the Dodgers, I can't remember how long ago it was, in the last 10 years or so, like that was big that was a big deal. That was an actual st- there was an actual story in and of itself about that on ESPN. And that's just something that happens every year after every series in the NHL. And no one, no one bats an eye about it. It just seems to me that the NHL was the last major sport to where if you were drafted by a team and you played your entire career with a team, that team would want to send you out with as much respect and thanks as they could instead of just unceremoniously going, yeah, well, we're not getting anything out of you anymore, or at least not what we want. Have a nice one. Yeah, I, I don't think I would ever have seen something like that. Like I said, Eisenman would have been resigned. Uh, Sackick would have been resigned. People that have grown up there and played their whole career with that team would have been resigned. You know, and once again, as Chris has brought up about how Detroit has has this unhealthy obsession with our our our, our you know sports venues. Maybe maybe that's where the little bit this is coming from. Maybe maybe because I've watched the Red Wings and watched how they've treated guys who they've brought up through the system. And have always been a Red Wing and always been one of our guys. Unless one of those players, like a Fedorov, goes, I'm good, I want to go someplace else. They pretty much bend over backwards to accommodate them. I mean, I remember when they, after the lockout in in the 2000s, when they let Shanahan go and people were shitting their, you know, their pants because, you know, Shanny was a fan favorite. Shanny wasn't drafted by the Red Wings. He didn't come up through the system. When we traded for Shanahan, he was a completely realized player who stepped into a team and was a perfect fit at that point in time. It was a perfect storm for him. Yeah, he came from the Whalers, right? Wasn't yeah. he the Keith Primo trade or something like that? Yeah, it was him and it was it was Kimo and or Keith Primo and Paul Coffey for him. Yep. You know, after, and it was after Coffey scored on a, after Coffey scored on himself, I believe 
Shanahan uh, showed up next year. <laughs> and that and that wasn't an that was not an off season trade. That was like a week or two into the ninety seven ninety or ninety six ninety seven season. Like they started that season with Primo and Coffee on the team. Then they made that trade. And I mean, you know, Shanny was drafted was drafted by the Devils, played for St. Louis, and then was traded to Hartford. So he had been to three teams before he came here. But I mean, if you get what I'm saying, look at the homegrown guys. And I'm talking superstar level. I'm talking guys who were the leaders on the team, not the role players, not guys like McCarty. But even then, when McCarty left, it wasn't because they didn't want McCarty in Detroit. It was because in the salary cap era, they couldn't, there's no way they could pay him what they were paying him and justify it with the numbers he was putting up. But when he became available at a at a reasonable price, they brought him back. And what did they do? Oh, they just won their he just won his fourth cup, and so did they in less than twenty years, and less than fifteen years actually. So I mean, it, it like I said, it, it, maybe it's because I'm I, I'm a Red Wings fan, and that's the way I've seen a, a, a team treated star players. And I'm spoiled, and I and I have this warped view of it. But to me, if I'm Shane Doan, I unless I went in there and just absolutely made an ass of myself, and they offered to, you know, hey, we'll have a press conference, we'll retire your number, you're going to get the whole nine yards, and I said, fuck you, I don't want that, then that's on him. If he did that, then that's on him. But any other situation, to me, that just shows a lack of respect for what that man's done for that fucking franchise. Because, I mean, I want you to think about that. That man's been there since the 96-97 season. That man was there in the 95-96 man was there in the 95-96 playoff series, first round against the Red Wings, when they were still in Winnipeg. I mean, that is, yeah. That, to me, that's just like, okay, that's your first, that's your first legend you throw on the rafters. For that team. Obviously, they're not going anywhere. The NHL's made sure of that. If they didn't go back to Canada and they weren't fucking sent out to Vegas, th- then they want the Coyotes right where they're at. So if you're in there for the long haul, then fuck it. Start building, start building some history. Start building something so when the younger guys come in, you can or or, or the or the, the, the younger free agents come in, they can point up in the rafters and say, see, we got some history. We're not just some fucking hockey team in the middle of the desert that doesn't make any sense. Because that's right now, that's all they are. So, <laughs> Hey, Rich. Yeah. According to ESPN, uh, to answer your question, yes, Lawrence Taylor was convicted of drinking and driving. So, so there's your mischief from the NFL. Lawrence Taylor. He got a year Taylor? probation, though. Okay, we're talking... And now for my next lesson, children, don't smoke crack, Lawrence Taylor. <laughs> Someone who hasn't been in the league since kickers had a little one-bar fucking face mask. That's really? it. <laughs> you totally missed the point of that story, didn't you? Or, or my point. You totally missed my point, didn't you? You met fuckery from current players there, Iceman. You think the NFL gives a single fuck about Lawrence Taylor at this point? He ain't making them no money. Absolutely not. He's costing them money. They got to mail out the pension checks to him. But there is a really small, really big story in the NFL that I kind of want to get your guys' opinions Wait, real quick on. You can't use two opposite descriptors for the same thing. 
Well, because it, it's a big story, <laughs> but it, it's not here. Washington Redskins. The U.S. Supreme Court said it's unconstitutional to ban to cancel the trademark in the registered uh, of the trademark of uh, the Washington Redskins' logo and the name. Everybody wants them to change the name because apparently Redskin is offensive to Indians. It's offensive it's to white people. We've we've determined this. Indians don't give a f- or sorry, Native Americans don't give a fuck. Yeah, what was the what was the poll? Nine out of ten don't care one way or the other. Well, like, apparently nine, nine out of ten. Nine out of ten Native Americans living on reservations were like, we don't give a fuck one way or the other. So. Yeah, well, there's this was... protests outside the stadium, and there's a referee that wouldn't referee a Washington game because of the yeah, no, I, name. I, I, dude, dude, I know, I know, I know. So, I bet he's not he a ref was, anymore. But here's so no, Dan he's Schneider. He's, he's retired. His, and he works for the NFL Network. Right. So Dan Schneider won his argument at Supreme Court, and it's it's his First Amendment right to call his team whatever he like. And if he wants to keep it the Redskins, he can. So the question is, just because he can, should he? Because it's apparently a, a, a racial slur. I don't They're see how. They're still selling out tickets, right? People are still coming to see him. I just, mm-hmm. I, I need somebody to explain to me how Redskin is a racial slur. I just don't see it. Well, first of all, it's because it's the assumption that Redskin is referring to Indians as having red skin. Like we, it's a misnomer, but like we call black people black and white people white well black people aren't jet black and white people aren't fucking paper ass white all right there's a whole lot of different shades in that fucking in that crayon box fucking ginger no right but calling a black person black or a white person white isn't racial there's other names you can call them that are (laughs) uh, but like i said this is going on the assumption that these people have that that's that's the only reason that name exists the reality is that name exists because, and I can't remember the tribe, because we talked about this at Unregimented about three years ago when this first came up. There's a tribe that used to, before they went into battle, paint themselves red. And they were so fucking fierce and brutal in battle. Seminoles. That other tribes, no, it wasn't the Seminoles. Other tribes started referring to them as the Redskins because they were just, it's its kind of like how the Marines got the nickname Devil Dogs after fighting the Germans in Bella Wood because they just said that, you know, I can forget the German name for it, but they basically started calling them Hellhounds because they couldn't believe that human beings could fight this fierce for as long as they did. And just never back down and just keep coming and coming and coming. So there you have two perspectives on where the name comes from, all right? One was a name given to them by their enemies out of fear and respect. And the other side is saying it's a name given to them by white people who just refer to all Indians as red people. I don't know what else to say. It all depends on your, your point of view. We refer to if all you, white people as white. I mean, if you, that care, person. if you care about history and if you care about facts... To me, you're going to go with the facts of the of the situation, not what you think people mean, not what they say, but what they really mean. Because we've gotten into that habit in, in in society these days, to where you know everything's a code word, you know. And to the left, things like if you say a thug, what you really want to call them 
is, you know, a nigger or something like that. Or, you know, if you say, uh, uh, if you don't refer to the LGBTQA, whatever the fuck community as that, then you really want to call them faggots or whatever the fuck. All right. So, I mean, to me, it's real simple. To me, it's real simple. Am I going to go look at the facts of the situation and the historical facts? Or am I going to go with what I am automatically going to assume the worst about everybody? And in today's society, we've decided that assuming the worst about everybody is our new pastime when it comes to people who don't agree with us in lockstep for our political things. Because this has nothing to do with the tribes. This is a political pissing contest that people who otherwise don't give a fuck about football one way or the other have decided to take a stand on. And just yeah, like, see, most of those protesters out in front of that stadium probably don't watch football at exactly. all. Exactly. I mean, they tried, to, they tried to pull this shit with the Blackhawks, the Chicago Blackhawks, and the Blackhawks went, oh, hold on a sec, and brought up um, elders from the Blackhawks tribe and said, why don't you tell them what we said when we came to you and ask you if we can continue to use it or if you'd consider it a racial slur. And they said, no, we consider it an honor to be named that. That this team is named that they have our blessing to use that. There's nothing. Look at their logo. There's nothing disrespectful about that. That's not some chief Wahoo shit. It's not some caricature of an uh, uh, of of a Native American. That's a, that's that that profile picture the Chicago Blackhawks have on the front of their jersey is nothing more than a more colorful profile pic that we have on all our coins of our presidents. And so all the people that were bitching about the Blackhawks shut the fuck up and moved on down the highway a little bit and started picking on the Indians. And, I mean, I got to be honest with you. Chief Wahoo was some kind of, that's, I mean, that was some kind of Amos and Andy shit right there. That was, that was, that was like, you know, that was pretty bad. I mean, come on now. Even the Atlanta Braves, when they used to have the Indian head, he he wasn't sitting there with some, you know, big old fucking Kool-Aid drinking grin. Looking like a you know some song of the South Disney cartoon that's been banned since we fucking were pissing in our fucking you know pampers. So, hey Rich, hey Earl, I got a couple of names that they want to use instead of the Redskins. You ready for this? Sure. Griffins. Okay. The the Redhawks. The uh, Skins. Just flat out Skins. <laughs> the Americans. That's just morbid. Right. Caleb Electric's favorite new football team. The Washington Americans. Nice. Uh, Hogs. The Washington Hogs. Well, that Diesel. makes sense because that's what they, well, John Riggins and their and their, their former O-line. That makes sense for Hogs and Diesel. but Yeah, the Hog line. Yeah. Diesel. Uh, the Senators? Really? Well, Washington, I guess. Well, the original Washington baseball team was the Senators. Yeah. Uh, the Warriors, the Bravehearts, the Washington Red Tails. So wait a minute. If they're the Bravehearts, are you gonna? Is your logo gonna be Mel Gibson, Mel Gibson? with half his, <laughs> half his face <laughs> yeah. painted blue? And are there, is there? Are they gonna chant? You should just shut up and blow me at games. I mean, because that would be awesome. <laughs> it's gonna be a guy's face smashed with a mace on the side of their helmets. <laughs> What about Renegades, the Washington Renegades? Look, I'm against any fucking team naming themselves after any excuse to play any more stick songs than we already have to listen to. 
Because if they <laughs> name themselves Renegades, we're going to hear that goddamn song at least once a week, 17 times. All these names that you said are, are lame. The Washington Pigskins. This is a USA Today poll. The number one, the number one name they picked was Washington Football Club. <laughs> okay. And so they, yeah, everyone who voted is not a football fan. Declaring yeah. this right now. Either that or 4chan got together and said, let's vote for the most asinine thing we can think of. Like when they were Shit. talking about renaming, what was it? Uh, some military carrier. They, 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 4chan got together underneath the mainstream media's nose without them picking up wind of it. And they left it open for write-ins. And I think they wanted to name it uh, Hitler did nothing wrong. And that came out as number one. Because they <laughs> they stuffed the virtual ballot box, so yeah, they probably they they gave them a list that time. They didn't leave it up to fuckery. See, I thought what you were going to bring up was uh, fact that Kaepernick tweeted out a picture of a police officer badge next to a runaway slave patrol badge that says you can't ignore your history. Always remember who they are. And then he had the comment, a system that perpetually condones the killing of people without consequence doesn't need to be revised. It needs to be dismantled. Which tells me that this man is going full on that he's on the right side of history in his mind. He, because, dude, this is essentially coming out and doubling down on anything he's done so far. Mm-hmm. Hopefully he was smart with his money. The interesting thing is that... Well, you know, the white half probably was. The interesting thing is that oh, racist. is that uh, Colin Cowherd come out and had had some fairly interesting takes on this, and he said that going back to Kaepernick's Twitter feed, he hasn't posted about football since 2015, and since 2015, there's been this strong SJW you know push in his in his tweets, and he basically compared it to. The NFL is looking at Colin Kaepernick like he looks at his children when one of his children come to him and say, I want to play this sport. And he's, and he's told his children, I'm not going to show interest until you prove to me you're interested. So if you want to play this sport, then you're going to get knowledgeable about this sport and you're going to go on the right diet for this sport and you're going to go on the right workout regimen for this sport and you're going to prove to me that I'm not wasting my time by taking you to practice and taking you to games and spending all this money on equipment, and et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. And he drew a correlation between, basically, if one of his kids said, I want to play football, but then he never went out and wanted to throw the football around, never watched football, never talked about football, and sat around completely doing the opposite with his you know, workouts and diet of what he should do to get in shape to play football. He said that's how the NFL is now looking at Kaepernick. At this point, he's made it clear that he wants a career that is somehow involved, in his mind, in some form of social social justice. And football is on the back burner. Well, for what is, what are there? 32 teams? So 64? Mm-hmm. If, if each team only carries two quarterbacks... I'm looking at you, Chicago Cubs, or uh, Bears. <laughs> but if they only carry two quarterbacks, it means there's only 64 positions in the entire world. And if this man hasn't, in almost two years, on his social media, even brought up football, 
even if he mixed it in with all his political views, that would still show he has some sort of interest. But starting with the last season, it's been what? It's been kneeling during the national anthem, wearing socks with depicting police officers as pigs, and now posting a police officer's badge next to a runaway slave patrol badge and saying, you can't ignore your history. Always remember who they are. I mean, that's basically, he. It, it, it's, it's, I mean, it, it's something that like Rage Against the Machine would do. I mean, and, I, I don't, and I don't see, I don't see Tom Morello out there playing football anytime soon. So in my mind, he's doubled down and he's, he's took his stand and, I'm not going to get into whether I agree with it or not. More power to you. You got this is a stand you want to take. But to quote our co-host on another show, he's choosing to die on this hill one way or the other. Well, you've made your choice. Now you have to live with the consequences. And to me, unless October rolls around and a couple teams take some major hits, because who is there, who is there to sign? That's a free agent quarterback. Nobody. Chicago signed them all. <laughs> I mean, what him and him and Johnny Football, and Robert Griffin the third, unless Cleveland's going to keep him. I mean, that's that's the he's basically guaranteed he's not going to have a job until the shit hits the fan and there's no other fucking choice. And I will say this: even if even if he was saying something that I like like on the political spectrum that I completely disagreed with, I gotta kind of give a begrudging respect to him to stick into his guns because it takes balls to do that. I mean, be honest with you. That's why a lot of people respect our current president because he comes out and says what the fuck he wants to say. When people get upset about it, he doesn't back down. He just goes, fuck it. And he doubles down on it. Straight talker. I mean, now you can look at that one of two ways. If you're, if you're, if you're more inclined to look at it from the left, you're probably saying, well, he's going to shoot himself in both feet. But if you're inclined to look at it from more of the right, you're saying, well, fuck it. He's not going to back down from a bunch of peer pressure and public pressure. So, yeah, I mean, I, at this point, we've talked about the man to we're all blue in the face. All I can say is good luck with your fucking career in football, Colin. I have no idea what you're fucking thinking at this point. I mean, I really don't. So, I mean, that's the type of shit I post when I got fuck you money for the rest of my life. Not when I'm looking for a job. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, just just because you're an NFL quarterback, uh, you don't think your employers are going to check your social media before they... Give you a job? I'd make the argument that they're even more inclined to fucking monitor your social media because you are even that much more in the public's eye. Yeah. What are you going to do to get us in the headlines, person with 10 million followers? Which Colin, I don't know if this I mean, is the actual I, number. but Well, Colin Cowherd also brought up another thing. He said it's very easy when you get on social media that these people, you know, that, that like you post your, like, I, I think he was being speculative at this point. But, you know, let's just say that the very first time Colin Kaepernick posted something that was along the lines of anything political, that all of a sudden people who had never had anything to do with him all of a sudden were retweeting it and liking it and getting it trending. And he made the mistake of thinking that these people that he's never going to meet on the other end of his Internet connection are his friends who have his best interest at heart. And he lost sight of the fact that these people will turn on you in a heartbeat the minute you don't say and, and fall in lockstep 100% with what they agree with. So, and also, they're not really your friends. 
they're just people on the other end of the fucking line. So, so uh, well, on that note, I mean, I, I'm with you, man. I mean, as soon as you say something, you they don't, you know, you say one word they don't agree with you with, boom, they're out. So the internet mob works. Fuck them. Good luck, Colin Kaepernick. Uh, with that being said, though, yeah, we got a hard out today. Ice Man's gonna go to the doctor. I gotta go to work. So we will thank everybody for listening. It's already our best month ever. All right, June isn't even over. We've already blown. We said last month was the best month ever. Well, not anymore. June has already beat that. So thank you to everybody. You've been listening. You've been downloading. You have been sharing us on Facebook. You have been following us on Twitter at Sporgy Podcast or on Instagram at Sporgy underscore podcast. Uh, remember, you can always email the show, uh, Sporgy at ChristopherMedia.net. With that being said, only, only two hours this week. Sorry, everybody. You know, I know you're used to the big supersized three, but... Sometimes life gets in the way. So we will see you next week. Thanks for listening. All right. Later, guys. Peace out, y'all. If you like this show, please tell a friend. Please follow us on Twitter and like and share us on Facebook by searching for Christopher Media. You can subscribe to all ChristopherMedia.net shows for free on ChristopherMedia.net. Please make sure to rate and comment on all your favorite Christopher Media shows. Thank you in advance for supporting Christopher Media by clicking on the PayPal button and by clicking through to all the sponsors who support ChristopherMedia.net. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net. And thank you for listening. Thank you for visiting ChristopherMedia.net.